In the 17th century, Thomas Sydenham said, A man is as old as his arteries. And now we can prove that. Welcome to a special medical device segment on the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today, Dr. Amir Lerman, Professor of Medicine in Cardiovascular Diseases and Internal Medicine at the Mayo Clinic. He is co-director of the clinic's Cardiovascular Research Center and Cath Lab and the director of the Coronary Artery Disease and Interventions Research Committee. Dr. Lerman has published extensively on endothelial function and dysfunction and is a regularly invited speaker to cardiology conferences around the world. Dr. Lerman, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me, and I'm glad to be Well, is it true that a man is as old as his arteries? We certainly uh, believe in that, and I believe that the future data is going to show that if you patients that maintain their normal endothelial function are actually our, our survivors. So if we look at the relationship between endothelial function and age, you can see that there is a decline until a certain age, like 60 or 70, and then you see like a U-shape. And the reason that we believe is that the survivors, what we see after the age of 70 or 75, are the survivors and the patient that did not have an abnormal endothelial function and did not survive. So we believe it's a predictor of health and survival in humans. So tell me what machine is available now, FDA approved, that we can assess endothelial function at baseline and then assess it after we initiate a therapy? Well, the machine is currently FDA approved uh, for measurement of endothelial function. It's called Endopat. And this is a machine that is made by Itamar Medical and is based on the principle of measurement of changes in blood flow to the finger in response to brief ischemia and reactive hyperemia. So the principle of the test is that reactive hyperemia is mediated through normal endothelial function, and if you don't have normal endothelial function, this reactive hyperemia is lost. There are several advantages of using this uh, technology. It seems pretty easy and not invasive. It's a non-invasive technique, and it takes about uh, 20 minutes to measure endothelial function. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be restricted to any facility. That means you can actually take it on the road and measure into the patient room or patient in the clinic and move it around. So it's not really heavy or cumbersome to use. What do I do with the result? Let's say I, I do this test on my patient, and it comes back that they do have endothelial dysfunction. What do I do next? Okay, that's a very uh, important question, and and I think that it's very individualized what you do with a patient. I think several aspects of this exist. One of them is the presence of objective evidence of disease, and it probably can help in increasing the compliance of the patient Mm -hmm. to take medication and mainly address risk factors and change lifestyle. So it's very difficult in the preventive area to change the patient that is currently asymptomatic to do some change in his life or her life. Stop smoking, exercise regularly, eating a healthy diet. When they're asymptomatic, they they refuse to comply with that. Right. They like to see things. Yeah. (laughs) So they like to see things. Exactly. They like to see a chest x-ray. They like to see calcium on the corner. They like to some object where we are imaging society. We would like to see the stuff. So, Seeing is believing. Yeah, exactly. So when you come in and say, listen, you may feel well, but your vessels are not normal. Mm-hmm. I think you have a, a, you can say, frankly to the patient, if you have endothelial dysfunction, there are multiple studies that show it is associated with event, with heart attacks and death. 
There are multiple studies that show that. I think it can help the physician, first of all, to get better compliance from the patient. The second aspect is the therapy. Currently, we treat numbers. So we treat the blood pressure. We treat the cholesterol levels. We try to reduce the LDL. We try to increase the HDL. We don't treat the end organ. We don't treat the vessel. And I think that we move forward for the treatment of vascular and atherosclerosis. We're going to treat the disease. And since endothelial dysfunction is considered a precursor of atherosclerosis, I think it may be indicative to treat that. Now, how do you treat them? I think that major medications that were proven to improve endothelial function are statins mm-hmm. without particular guarantee to the type. You know, how does that work? It, it's not the LDL lowering. It's got to be some sort of pleiotropic effect. It's the pleiotropic effect of statin that probably uh, through reduction in oxidative stress and inflammation and release of nitric oxide improve endothelial function. So irrespective of their cholesterol levels, a statin will help endothelial dysfunction. That's true. And there are studies that show that it does it beyond any cholesterol level. Actually, I think that in some of the meetings that I have, I, I try to state that cholesterol lowering is one of the side effects of statin, not the major <laughs> effect of statin. That's good. So if you, if you put someone on a statin, have them come back, how soon will you be able to see a, a change with this machine? Yeah, most of the study uh, shows change in eight weeks, mm-hmm. eight to and three months. So there is some time for this to take an effect. We in animal studies show 12 weeks, but it varies, and I think it varies between individuals, and it varies between... So I think that it also serves as an uh, indication, soft indication, maybe not based on the guidelines, to, to treat the patient. So if you believe that this is a disease and it's a precursor and associated with event, I think it's going to be a hard time to resist not to treat this population. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to a special medical device segment on the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today, Dr. Amir Lerman, Professor of Medicine and Internal Medicine at Mayo Clinic in Rochester. He co-directs the Cardiovascular Research Center and Cardiac Cath Lab and is also the director of the Coronary Artery Disease and Interventions Research Committee. We're talking about the Endopat 2000, which is a machine that currently is FDA-approved and can actually measure endothelial function and can hopefully tell our patients that their endothelium is getting better with certain treatments. Dr. Lerman, besides statins, what else has shown a response? I think when we talk about a therapy on endothelial function, we need to look at therapy that was not only associated with improvement endothelial function, but also on their long on other study were associated with improving events. So statin is for sure one of them. ACE inhibitors, we know that from multiple studies that have a beneficial effect on the patient beyond lowering blood pressure or improving ejection fraction. And there are some studies that show that ACE inhibitors improve endothelial function. There are multiple lifestyle modifications that show that are associated with increased survival and improvement endothelial function, such as exercise activity, such as low-fat diet, such as supplementation of diet, such as uh, olive oil and Mediterranean diet, show that a reduction of uh, BMI. BMI is a major factor for endothelial function. So reduction of uh, BMI especially, I think this is a very important uh, aspect in teenagers and not only in adults. We have an epidemic of uh, obesity in teenagers and, and young people. And the studies show that if you engage in exercise activity and reduce your BMI, you improve your endothelial function. The minute you stop this activity, you regain your endothelial dysfunction. Tell me more about the machine. How big is it? The machine is relatively the side of a PC. Mm-hmm. It has several components. One component is the computer side that does all the analysis. 
The second is the two probes that you put on the, on the fingers, and you put them on an arm test that you would do the endothermia and a control arm, and then a blood pressure cuff, which is the regular blood pressure cuff. And then the patient can sit in a chair or supine, and uh, we have a five-minute baseline of obtaining relaxation. And then you put a probe on finger on the left and right arm. Usually you put the blood pressure cuff on the right arm. You have a five-minute baseline recording, and then you inflate the cuff to a suprasystolic inflation for about five, six minutes. You are sure that you achieve complete occlusion by the fact that you don't see any signal in the finger from the arm that was inflated. And then you release the cuff, and then you obtain the signal. Now, the signal is obtained automatically. It's not operator-dependent. And then the calculation is done automatically by the machine. That means that the operator is not involved in the calculation. Right. You can have a monkey do it. Yeah. A smart monkey. A, a smart monkey, well, yeah. Well, let's, let's say I repeat the test 10 minutes later. Am I going to get a, a similar result? We did some studies. Another group did a similar study that is reproducibility not only in the same day but the day after. So we, we have a pretty good reproducibility. Uh, Jeff Kuvin has some data on that, and he shows some nice reproducibility data. And then how does this test compare to the gold standard, which would be, you know, sticking acetylcholine in someone's coronaries? Well, there are several criteria how a test become clinically available. One of them is, first of all, is risk. There is no indication to do screening with coronary angiogram. The coronary endothelial function is a, a relatively higher risk test. You have to put wires, and you have a risk of event and dissection, and you do it only specialized centers. The cost of coronary endothelial function testing is tremendously higher than the peripheral. The cost of this test is mainly, of the endopath, is mainly the cost of the disposable probes, which probably are going to be $80 per probe, so you know, around $160 for a test. Ability. You can have it available not only cardiologists, uh, cardiologists, uh, internists, uh, it can be done by nurses, by technician. You don't have to be a physician to do the test. So, I, you know, it sounds like a no-brainer. What's been the slowness to adoption? Do people just not know it exists? I think there are several folds. One of them, people do know it exists. Another one is that uh, the question that you ask, what do I do with the result? Mm-hmm. I think the concept of uh, um, do I need to measure endothelial function, I think the other component mainly is the reimbursement. And I think that physician need to know that they're going to have some reimbursement. And I, several people are working on this uh, reimbursement issue. So is there current reimbursement? It is a gray zone area where you can, uh, some, some tests uh, uh, can be charged temporarily to a code which is not specified. Uh-huh. So, I mean, if I do this test and I get reimbursed and then I have the patient come back after putting them on some sort of treatment, can I do the test again? You can. I'm, I'm not completely sure there are going to be a reimbursement again. And I think, but this is coming. This is something that is coming currently. What What does one of these babies cost? Any clue? I think it costs about in the 20000 range. I think it depends uh, uh, on what the goal of using it. And I think they, they probably provide also some probes and uh, 24 hours technical support. Mm-hmm. There are three, several major uh, sources that purchase the machine. One, some of them are for mainly clinical research. There are people that are buying it for, uh, a lot of pharmaceutical companies are buying this machine for using for their new drugs and to also to, t- to detect that there is no toxicity for the vascular bed. Mm-hmm. And the third are, p- are clinicians that are trying to integrate them into their practice. 
I think until now, the major companies was item one and two, and now I think we're going to see uh, more and more people that are using it in clinical. At Mayo, uh, it's available in the cardiovascular health clinic. So if you go through Mayo and you want to measure endothelial function, you go to the computer and you click it, and the patient is being sent to the cardiovascular health clinic to measure it. I know that in Mount Sinai in New York, it's also integrated, but then it was integrated more into the, uh, they have a male clinic that uses many also addressing erectile dysfunction, so they use the test there. Dr. Amir Lerman of Mayo Clinic, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for your time, I appreciate it. You've been listening to a special medical device segment on the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. If you'd like to comment or listen to any of our full library of podcasts, please visit our website at reachmd.com. If you register with the promo code RADIO, we will give you six months free of streaming ReachMD. You can listen to day or night at work or at home. And thank you for listening.